Welcome to the Cheryl and Shirley Show. Today, my guest is Chris Inda. He's running for Wisconsin Rapids Public School Board. He's a proud parent of two WRPS students and a U.S. Army veteran, experienced realtor in Wisconsin Rapids area. He served on the Council for Instructional Improvement at the Wisconsin Rapids Public School District, volunteered with Encourage Teen Leadership Program. He was named recently the Wisconsin Rapids Elks Lodge Named Citizen of the Year, which is fantastic. So congratulations to Chris on that. Chris has some large goals. He wants to open dialogue with parents and parental choice. He wants physically responsible schools, increase test scores. He wants to address bullying, promote and teach trade skills. He's looking for a traditional curriculum. Let's welcome Chris to the show today. Hi, Chris. Hi, Cheryl. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you. And you? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being willing to come on and do this. And it's a great honor for all of us to be able to hear. I was just talking a little bit about you being named the uh, Elks Lodge Citizen of the Year. How great is that? Yeah, what an honor. And uh, what a surprise, too. I just announced last week they want to recognize individuals that are giving back to their community through some various avenues, be it United Way, working with our children here in different aspects. I've been involved in the Council for Instructional Improvement. I've volunteered different uh, organizations. They recognize me for those achievements, and I'm just absolutely uh, thrilled and, and excited to uh, receive that from them. Yeah, I, I think it's a great honor. Surprised to see it in the paper because I hadn't heard anything about it. So very excited for you. And I think it's fantastic. And it does show yep. your ability to be involved in your community, which is very important. Absolutely. I just wanted to, I did a little bit of a bio right before we started here so we could get started because I know you're very busy too. I wanted you maybe to introduce yourself again and let people know why you're running for school board here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm Chris Inda, a candidate for Wisconsin Rapids School Board. Been in the Wisconsin Rapids area since 2011. Army veteran. When I moved back here full time to the area, met my wife. We now have a couple kids. And I guess really what that's why I got interested in school board is my kids now are uh, at the age, uh, they're just starting their school careers, one in first grade, one uh, just starting, well, in 4K now. Yeah, as any parent can tell you, that's that's the reason you want to get involved in a lot of stuff. They become focus of your your attention, you know, certainly want the best for them. Biggest reason why I've gotten involved, uh, been noticeable after going to, you know, the school board meetings, uh, you notice the uh, current board and, and that, that there's anything wrong uh, with this. All the ones currently, well, most of them are, they haven't had kids in school for quite some time. There's no one on the school board right now that has children in the school district. I think there's just a huge gap there of representation for all of us that have kids in the school district to understand what people are going through, uh, what parents are going through day-to-day basis. For me, that huge point to, to have, represent all those parents. I think that's a fantastic. I have that documented here that you would be the only school board member to have children in the district, which I also think is extremely important. I was a former board member, and when I served, my son was in the school. And why I did it, why I ran, which I served two terms, I ran because I felt I needed to know the information my son was getting. And like you said, and that's our valuable asset, our children. And if we can't stand up and help them. And then when you see, I mean, obviously you've been going to the school board meetings for a while too, I've heard. When you see what's going on, and we, we all know, I mean, I've read your information here and you have found some really good information. And we know for a fact that some of the issues here, because it's been in the paper and in the news, uh, bullying, school safety, as well as our test scores and what's going on 
with that too. So I've seen that you have these on your list of goals that you would like to achieve. Do you have any ideas on how you could do that? Well, it's interesting, Cheryl, you bring up bullying to be just the first item you said. So yesterday I was doing a little campaigning, happened to be out at uh, the uh, PAC Center, handing out some information for interested voters. I received a message actually last night from someone that picked up one of my pieces. Bear with me. Uh, I'm actually bringing this up while we speak. There was apparently an incident uh, yesterday at the event or around the event, I'm not entirely sure, where uh, some kids got into a fight. One child uh, got a broken arm from it. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, do you know what grade level that was? Or No, do you... I don't have any further information on that. Oh, wait. That's no, frightening. He did, he did say sixth graders. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So his question to me was, you know, what will you do about it or what are you going to do different than what's being done now? Yeah, that's that's a huge concern. I guess the way I look at it, and just coming from my background and my experiences, I do believe in having a stronger policy as far as discipline policy would help curtail some of these issues and have that cascading effect. For instance, just a, a stronger a discipline policy to set the standard, set the expectation. If you do this, if you're going to bully, if you're if we're going to get into a fight, and what exactly that looks like at this point, you know, something to be determined yet, to have that in place so students are discouraged from doing this type of activity. I've seen information where there are cases of students acting out in class. Some cases I've seen where the, the entire class is removed and the child that's acting out is, stays in the class. I think that's just completely backwards. <laughs> yeah, I think it is too. You know, I agree. That child should certainly be removed and that should be dealt with and there should be more discipline action you know, taken that not let's leave the child in class and disrupt everybody else. So yeah, let's punish only, all the other kids that are trying to be in the classroom to learn. Absolutely. And so, yeah, it's so ridiculous. Is, yeah, the one child getting catered to, all the other children are losing out on, on the education aspect of it. And, and where you bring up, you know, declining test scores, mm -hmm. you know, that, that's one piece of it there. So, you know, a lot of this is all tied All together. tied in together. Yes, yeah, it is. Absolutely. I totally agree with you 100%. And I think if you have stronger policies, I mean, you need a, a school board that will work together to accomplish that. I see here many people that have been on the school board um, have been on there for a while and they've become complacent and they've just accepted what is happening instead of trying to fix it. I've heard a lot of talk about disadvantaged children and issues like that. But what I have seen truly, and this is my opinion, but what I have witnessed myself is through reading many materials, this survey, I think at the beginning of the school year this year on why so many parents chose to to leave their kids out of school, to pull them out of this school district, which is unfortunate, and move them to another district. And it's really sad. And many of them are homeschooling or finding other alternatives, such as the Catholic or the Lutheran schools. Yep. And it's bad for all of us because public education is really important. I mean, there are choices for everyone, and I agree with those choices. But I also think that our public education system, it's taxpayer funded. So we certainly should have the same as everyone else. It should be safe, definitely a place where children can go that feel safe and that they can learn to the best of their ability so they can achieve what they need to out here like you and I have. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, one of those things like you talk about that and yes, policies need to be updated and revised. I'm a policy hawk. I always have been. The district website and you can go to it, wrps.org and you can look at their their policies. Many of them have not been looked at or revised anywhere from 49 yeah. years. <laughs> to, those too. Yep. Some, some from back from 1974 yet. And Yes. It's crazy that 49 years ago, I was like in, I don't want to say. Uh, well, that's, <laughs> so, no, that's, that's a completely different uh, you know, time frame, mentality. Uh, everything is different. Everything has changed. Even yeah. since just um, COVID, everything has changed. And Absolutely. think about the internet. It wasn't even invented really back then. So you didn't know any, any of this that's out there now, social media, 
media, right, which right. I do believe has something to do with a lot of this too. Sure. And that certainly plays a role in the uh, mental health aspect of, of students as well. But I think one thing we can focus on as well, uh, Gerald, is, is coming together. You know, we celebrate our differences, which is great, but we also need to acknowledge our, our things that we agree on. And one of those should be having similar values in life, having strong beliefs and strong values as standards set in whether it's school or just society in general. We've all heard the old expression, it takes a village to raise a child. Certainly we can do policies, can address bullying or the mental health. These policies can't do it alone. Bring up values. A lot of that starts in the, the household too. So we have to be strong parents as well. Be mindful that the school system can't do it alone. It's just not going to happen. It's going to take everybody involved to make our school system the best it can be. I totally agree with you 100%. And we should be working as a team. That's what it's about. It's not about us against them or something like that. And that's what I think the mentality here is. I moved here in 2020 in the middle of COVID and uh, there was a referendum that was up and it just shocked me that that was happening at the time where there weren't even children in schools or kids playing any sports. Amazing. It just shocks me that we can't put aside, like you said, we have to work together. We really do. We have to just, I think one of the things you served in the military, I served in the military issues here is accept responsibility Agreed. and accountability. Accept it. Yes. Our test scores are sliding. They've been sliding for a long time. How do we fix that? Let's work on that. Let's come up with solutions instead of saying, well, that doesn't really matter. You know, they didn't get to eat that day or they didn't get to do this. It does matter. We have data back to 2015, 16. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say when 70% of the third graders right now cannot read on grade level, we have serious issues in this community. Yeah. And I think, like you said, accepting that responsibility or just accepting the truth of the matter. I hear from others that that haven't even quite accepted these test results as proof that uh, education is, is declining. A lot of people that need this information and understand, you know, what we're looking at, like you said, 70% of uh, in our district are not at a proficiently reading level coming from the forward test exams. Yes. And those, and those exams are very thorough. They show you everything. I mean, they don't hide anything. It's very interesting that people are not paying attention to that. One of the other things too, is that when you're in a school district, the school board only has so much. They are the chain of command. That's how I look at it. You know, being from the military, then you have your administrator. If you're not getting the information out to the public. Part of our problem here is we don't have any media. We have to get it out in other ways. This is how we're doing that. You've talked to a lot of voters and I see that. I'm very pleased with that. And I think by doing this and getting the information out is really good. It's helpful for people to be informed and find out the information. If they're not going to accept the information, there's not much you can do about that. But you hope to goodness that many people really do listen and pay attention to it. Things can be twisted and turned. Some people out there saying there's misinformation. That is not true. Right. And this is me saying that um, anything that any information that has gone out of their uh, area to citizens has been obtained through a public open records requests, which anyone can get. I really just wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit. And then I wanted to go back to focusing on you, you have down here too, talking about the traditional curriculum. And I think that could have something to do with maybe fixing our reading levels and our English language arts. And maybe tell us a little bit about that. Do you have an idea or do you have some ideas? Yes. You know, I talk about going back to traditional curriculum. I, I think it's going back to the basics. We've certainly tried different methods in the past 10, 15, 20 years. And we just finished talking about how our test scores are down. Looking at using a, a science of reading, like I like to say, phonics-based instruction. That worked for so well for so long. 
along for whatever reason, uh, new ideas, new people. Okay, we tried different ways. We, we tried this approach of teaching reading based on uh, looking at the pictures. And now we have a lot of children that aren't able to read at the proficient level. It's been something that's been around now long enough. We've got some good evidence showing where the test results are coming in. I think we need to go back. Phonics was a great program. It really just helped kids understand uh, how to read and put those, those letters and words together. You know, same thing with like the, the common core type of teaching. Same thing. These math scores are down as well. Going back uh, to that, that basic, we, we did uh, math the same way for a long time. It was very successful. Now every children learns differently and maybe some learn better from a different method. So maybe it's a combination of both. Totally getting rid of a, an idea or a method of teaching that, that worked, I, I think is, is somewhat foolish. You know, it worked for a reason and we shouldn't just abandon it. We don't want kids uh, going into the job market, not knowing how to fill a job application. I think one other thing uh, that can be done, uh, Cheryl, is I know this is going to sound, but we can't be afraid to hold a child back in those rare cases where they're not performing at their grade level. That's not saying it's, it's something that's going to be widespread or, or done in great amount. If we're going to push a child through to the next level and they're not performing at their current grade level, that's only going to hurt them down the road. As much as it, it's disappointing on the parent and the child to you know be held back and, and maybe have to make a new friend group. How disappointed is that child going to feel when they're trying to you know, sit in their pe with their peers, maybe read a book and they can't? And later in life, like, again, like I said, you can't even fill out a job application. It would behoove us to address an issue when we see it have the child get that extra time in that, that class that they need, help them further in life. Yes. Uh, it's fixed a problem now, uh, for it, so it's not a problem later. Totally agree with that as well. I think sometimes we overlook that. And I know that there are kids that really do struggle. And I think we should have extra help. And maybe we need some reading specialist in here. Or we need some people that can yeah. um, help with that. Well, first of all, I wanted to go into something that I think was kind of a, an issue with you too, was um, the virtual learning. I've heard a lot of information about this from people. And I have seen, I give the school board and I give the school credit, the curriculum director right now credit for looking at changing the policy on the virtual learning for days out of school that are not, you know, regular days. I mean, they're not days off. They are supposed to be uh, instructional days. Right. And I give them credit for looking at this because it was questioned. And I had parents and grandparents contacting me and saying, hey, this has got to stop. You know, we had COVID for over a year and the kids were supposedly learning online, but they really weren't it learning as much as they right. should have. Now you want the parents or the grandparents or whoever has the children at home or these parents have to struggle and you send home packets thinking, oh, we're going to have a nice day. I think that's uh, totally. Yeah, I, you know, and I think what you made the good point, Cheryl, of saying how we went through COVID and tried this and we should have known then, uh, at least as being a trial, if you will, how this was going to play out because uh, COVID was even a little different. Everyone was at home, but now we're trying, you know, in a snow day and kids are staying home. And like you said, is especially in the elementary setting, children, there's no virtu virtual being done there. It's hard copy paper being sent home. Now, in my case, and in many cases, it, maybe you've got two parents and they're both working. Okay. I know there's a lot of parents out there, uh, single parents, and they're working and maybe they're working one or two jobs. How many people don't have a, a second option for someone to watch the children, mm -hmm. uh, let alone not only watch them, now you've got to be the teacher for the day. <laughs> you know, it's not a, a system that's going to work out. You know, we've got to get to work. We don't have time. We can't take off just every time there's a snow day. There was a lot of them this year. I mean, there was like, I know oh, yeah. for a fact, three of them. And I saw some of the information they had out there. Well, what I was told was that uh, each school has their own uh, expectation is what it was told. Expectation. I asked a little more about that because 
I mean, not even just you. I mean, I, I'm not kidding you. I had people calling me and sending me emails saying something has to be done about this with you say, you know, COVID, it affected your job too. You know, it affected me. I mean, it affected yeah. all of us. You had to go on. You had to keep working. So everyone had to learn that schools for sure had to understand that this is how it's going to be. And it could be like that. Who knows? We didn't know. Taking the, the you know, virtual part out of it, the, you know, having to sign uh, work for the day, and it makes it a whole lot less stressful, you know, to at least find someone to watch children during a snow day. I completely get, uh, you know, then we're putting days on at the end of the year. But like you said, maybe the district can look into some of these professional development days, use those as a resort to make up snow days instead of adding to the end of the year. You know, when it comes down to it, first of all, what's our priority when we're looking at schools, school district, getting the education in, for one. Correct. And then and secondly, we just have to understand we live in Wisconsin. We are going to have snow. We are going to have snow days. Yes. And to know that the end of the year, the last day of school that's scheduled may not very well be the last day of school, given that. I think we just need to plan appropriately for that. I do too. And we should point this out, that this is not a, a hit against any kind of teacher at all. They're just trying to do what they're supposed to be doing, yeah. which is at least get some instruction to the child for the day. You know, But we have technology now that works and you can do it and they can be in a classroom. And even if it is just for, let's say, an hour, at least the child's getting some instruction from a teacher, yeah. which is how it should be, not from a parent or a grandparent handing them a piece of paper saying, yeah. hey, if, we got to get this done. An older done. child uh, can sit in front of a computer more so than a seven or eight year old might be able to. Yeah, I completely agree. That would that. Yeah. That would work. Well, I'm just glad that they are looking at, at putting together some policies and I give them credit for that. And I, I give them full credit for that, for listening to the citizens and saying, maybe we do need to look at this and make sure we come up with a district wide type of policy that will work for everyone. Absolutely. And yes, as you get into the higher grades, you know, high school, they have what they have right now is expectations. Well, the expectations are not set very high right now. So if I'm a junior in high school and somebody says, hey, you need to get this done. I'm going to say, yeah, sure. So, right. You right. know, that's kind of how it worked. Uh, it was something I wanted to hit on a little bit because I know it kind of affected your family. Absolutely. And, did, yeah. and I think it's really important for people to know that, that, you know, they're not alone out there. You are running for school board and you were affected by this. Yeah, this is uh, the daily challenge uh, that every parent's facing uh, today. And uh, again, just to have that voice on the on the school board to, so, so those concerns can be brought forward. Absolutely. And that's what a school board is supposed to be. It's made up of seven diverse people from different backgrounds that have different experiences and they bring it all together and everyone should share and be able to talk about what's going on. And you could have come in and, and immediately said, we need to look at something here. Yep. There's something Absolutely. wrong with this. And, and I think that is really important to point out. That's a difference between you and any other candidate running for school board at this time. And that's really important to point out those differences. Yeah, absolutely. It's granted my kids are at a younger age, but as, as we move forward, I'm going to be able to uh, grow with all our parents, uh, address these issues, you know, as we're seeing them. That is key. Issues are going to come up all the time. They do. Just like you just said, this happened, a bullying incident where someone had an arm broke. Holy yeah, fuck it. Yeah. You know, you seem shocked. I seem shocked. So every parent out there right now is shocked. What happened? Right. Um, and accidents do happen or, or something, you know, but it just seems that we have a lot of, I, I received information from the beginning of this year, September through December of this year, that in the high school, there were 2,663 incidences with 177 of those being major. Imagine that at work. If you had 177 major incidences in three months, four months, that's shocking. 
And this is in our schools. It's really um, something that we have to get a handle on. And I really and truly hope we have some change here. It's much needed for the kids. It really is. It's not oh, just yeah. about the, the staff and everything. It's totally about the children. It is. So, They're the future of our, our, our economy, our, our life. We want uh, them to be the best they can. We don't need uh, the police coming to the school and interrupting the classroom. It's got to be a safe place. It's got to be a, a place that the kids want to go and they can learn and excel. I want to see Wisconsin Rapids School District be a place that people want to bring their kids that we score so high that everyone wants to come here absolutely absolutely the ideal here yes it would and as a matter of fact it would help in many ways that would be a a great goal to achieve is to become even if we were the fifth rated the fifth school in wisconsin that would be fantastic that'd be awesome yeah i mean i'm looking at right now we're struggling and people need to People in this community need to open their eyes. They need to realize there are some facts out there and there are things that aren't pretty. I don't want to come down on the school, but I want you to understand that there are issues. Even with teachers, teachers are struggling too. So we need to help them. Starts at administration level. It starts there. It starts at the school board level and then administration. Chain of command. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I know there's a candidate that's on the school board. He's been there since 2007. He's running and he currently sits as the president. I don't want you to attack or anything, but I do want you to kind of, why should someone vote for you over someone who's been on the school board that has long time experience? What would be a contrast there? Yep. Absolutely. Going back to one thing you mentioned earlier, there can be complacency setting in when you're you know doing something for a long period of time not only that but having that that connection to the schools having children in the, the actual schools i do have experience working with uh, children in many different facets so even though my kids are young i've worked with rotary in the past and there's student scholarships. I mentioned Encourage. I've I've worked with their Community uh, Foundation Teen Leadership Program. Again, on the Council for Instructional Improvement with the district, you know, and I've supported our our community in a number of different ways, uh, just helping, uh, whether it's uh, the students or just, uh, you know, the community in general, but through United Way a lot and, and different organizations as well. So being involved, being a part of the community, giving back as much as I can. Having that experience growing up, coming from the Army, having some discipline, some structure, you know, those values. But then uh, even in my current career as a real estate agent, talk to parents on a daily basis almost. Listen to them, you know, when someone's selling a home, there's a life event always attached to that. You know, bringing it full circle here in the cases where I hear that uh, people are selling their home because they're going to a different school district, going to a different uh, neighborhood uh, or city uh, because, you know, that's school system is going to work better for their children. Had those conversations. I understand what's going on. I want to be that that voice again. Those parents that are struggling out there help improve our schools. I think that's fantastic. That's a good goal to have is just help improve our schools. That's a really good one. I know that you've been attending school board meetings for quite a while. And I know that you mentioned something before, I think on our last podcast, that it seemed like they weren't really listening to the community or listening to parents. And that kind of affected you a little bit too. So that would be a major difference as well, contrast. And this started back watching during COVID, watching some of the videos are going to school board meeting and a lot of the parents, you know, pleading just to, hey, we've got a, a voice. We have an opinion different from what you're thinking. Uh, you know, listen to us. It didn't seem like those voices went anywhere. I didn't, obviously the school board, you know, behind the door meetings, any of that. So I, I can't speak to what's what's being said behind closed doors, but you know, going to the meetings uh, and seeing 
as citizens speak out about uh, different issues that during open public comment, there's no further discussion brought up about that. From my point of view, anyway, someone comes up there and it can be intimidating to, to speak to a school board. They, you know, speaks, speaks your minds, talks about their issue. They barely get a thank you for coming, <laughs> let yeah. alone, well, appreciate the issue. It's something we want to look into and we'll, we'll, we'll follow up with you about this. I'm surprised that there's no further, you know, discussion uh, to that extent, even, you know, again, that transparency, that getting parents involved, having that open dialogue. Yeah, I agree totally with that as well. It should be an open dialogue. I know that they give you like three minutes for community speaking or something, and that's yeah. fine. But you should at least acknowledge that people came and spoke and thank them. Like you said, it's it can be intimidating to some people to stand up in front of a school board and talk about an issue that maybe you don't agree with them on, which right. is fine. That's we, we live in a society where we can agree to disagree without having hard feelings. Yep. And if you have a different opinion, give me your facts, give me your information. Why? We can we can have that conversation. That's not happening. And that's very unfortunate. I, I've seen that myself. I've witnessed that myself. And I find that very uh, unsettling as a former school board member. There were heated times, believe me. Absolutely. And it's just And it's just what you have to get through. And I know that going through COVID, which now is already like three years ago. So let's move on. Doesn't let's move I know. Um, and then I'm going to point out a few things on the other candidate. This candidate was the assistant curriculum director beginning in 1998, and then she became the full-time director. It, this is my personal opinion. In a huge way, I think she owns what's happened to the kids in the district and a distinct difference in accepting responsibility for choosing the failed curriculum for a very long time and witnessing it, seeing it throughout. I'm not saying test scores are the only thing you have to look at. It's not. But when you have it slamming you right in the face, certainly something you should be questioning. So that's yeah. just my thought. And, and, and I have a better metric of, you know, looking at our, our, our education or evaluating our education, we have right now our, our test scores to go on. And those are showing like we've talked about such a decline. Again, going back to accepting and knowing that this is the truth and then adjusting based on, on uh, you know the information that we have. Right. Uh, there's a lot of uh, opportunity is the way I look at it. So we can get a lot of growth. We just need to get this district back on track. Yes, I understand. And I do think that you would do a great job doing that. So I appreciate you taking the time. You did mention one thing. I've seen questions pertaining to mental health issues here, and I know you're aware of that. And I know you've answered some questions on that. What I have seen is not a gigantic amount. And compared to what we've received here, $7 million, $3.8 million out there unallocated, you would think with all of the questions going on about that. And we have seven school psychologists and four so social workers here at this district for 4,600 students, which is amazing. When I started talking about this school district, there were 5,114 students, and now there's 4,653 students. So declining enrollment is an issue we're facing, serious yeah. issue. You know, right. I just kind of was wondering about that, if you wanted to hit on that a little bit. Absolutely. The amount of health aspect or the, the ESSER funds are concerned. I have looked at those numbers in the past at the moment, but I do know, like you said, it's there's room yeah, for improvement, there's room to spend more in that department in mental health issues. As far as declining enrollment and looking at other options, it, it has gone down. And it's important to know uh, that a lot of the feedback I get is, is, well, the mill closed. I don't think that's necessarily a, a, you know, a cause for declining enrollment. As a local you know, real estate agent, we did not see when the mill closed any, any type of influx of homes going up on the market for sale. Uh, in fact, uh, during that time, it was one 
when we saw you get decreasing homes coming on the market, decreasing the amount of homes be becoming available. So not only did we not see any extra homes come on the market from it, we, we saw less homes. Be, That's be interesting. So I don't buy that, it, you know, the mill shutting down had anything to do with declining enrollment. I, I think it has a lot to do with our test scores, our mental health, our bullying issues. Parents are taking their children elsewhere. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think that's what the survey was showing as well. All right. Well, do you have any events or anything coming up? And, yeah. and also tell people where they can reach you. You know, first you can find me uh, on Facebook and uh, that's just easy. It's Chrisinda for school board. Feel free to message me on there. I, we've only got uh, uh, less than two weeks now. Uh, Cheryl for the April 4th wow. election. Well, let's talk a little bit about that. I need to make sure that people get out to vote. Early voting started yesterday, March 21st, and it goes through April 2nd. Probably one of the most important things you can do is to vote. And Chris and I served in the military, so you have the right to do that. Make sure that you do that. Uh, and April 4th is the actual election day and the polls are open 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. You can register to vote with your municipal clerk uh, online. You can register to vote and you can register to vote at uh, your polling place on election day, which I'm not really a fan of, but that's okay. It does say be sure to bring proper proof of residency if that's what you plan on doing. We need to get people out to vote. It's so important. And school board is really a very important and it's nonpartisan. That's the most important part about the whole election is it's nonpartisan. But it seems like what I've witnessed here in this community, it seems more partisan than I've been in many yeah, other areas. A lot of divide. Yep. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's very unfortunate. And I think we need to work on that too. And hopefully Agreed. we get some new school board members that will be willing to do that. And uh, I, and so. I believe that is a strength of mine. Uh, so coming from the military, like, like yourself, uh, you can test to this. You it's, you know, I remember being in basic training and they talk about a, a giant melting pot of different personalities and cultures and, and everybody coming together. Cause it's true. We, you know, I, I'm coming from rural central Wisconsin, got uh, people that I met that I'm still friends with, and, you know, some are from uh, Mississippi, some are from California areas uh, New York, and you've got just a, a such a different mindset, amount of people coming together, and we've got to work together. We've Absolutely. got to find a way to make this work. We are protecting. We went to Iraq and back together. We've got to get along. So being able to work with all different types of people is something you know that I've got experience doing. So I, I feel I can work with our current board members. And yeah, we're going to disagree, but we're going to do it and we're going to find a, you know the best solution for our children. I hope that you'll be out on the doors here soon. We've had terrible weather. Yeah, but, it has uh, not been it has not been the best. I've seen a lot of people out on doors though. So I appreciate that. Totally. And I also wanted to bring up one other thing that I noticed yesterday that you received an endorsement. Yeah, Scott Krug did uh, endorse uh, the, myself. Thank you to Scott Krug, first of all. Appreciate uh, him getting involved and trying to get more support for for our, our children and our school board here. So thank you. I, I agree. I think it was a very nice endorsement written up. So I appreciate that very much as well. And I think it is time that we all speak out. That's probably part of it. We all have to stand up and speak out. It takes all of us, like you said. It takes all of us. And, you know, I know a lot of people get involved in, in the big elections, but, uh, you know, change starts at home. It starts with these small, you know, school boards. Your city councils, your, city council, your, your county uh, mm -hmm. you know, board. Yeah. You know, it, these are it, the people making your decisions for your area. It's so absolutely. important. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And if you want to make change, uh, make it here at home. Totally agree. Chris, I certainly appreciate your time. I kept you on here a little longer than we had talked about, but no problem. Uh, you had a lot to say. And I know you've done a bunch of interviews and I know you've turned in questions for newspaper articles and 
Yes, um, there is. We just finished yesterday as well. This will be coming out, I'm told, hopefully the end of this week, maybe next week, an interview process through the Wisconsin Rapids Media, sponsored by the League of Women Voters. There will be, those interviews are coming out, like I said, they, they hope to get them out by the end of this week or early uh, next week. So, you know, please watch for those as well. Information in the Buyer's Guide, Daily Tribune also had some information as well. Uh, so yeah, there's a bunch of different mediums out there that you can find information out as well. And I think you probably shared some of those on your Facebook page. I haven't been on there for a while, but yes. yeah. Okay. So people, if you need more information, you can go to Chris into on his Facebook page. And Chris, thank you very much, number one, for putting your name on the ballot. I think that is a admirable thing to do and it does show character for your family for your children for your community uh, all of the background that you have is is really well versed in this and you would be a, a great placement for the school board here and i really am hoping and polling for you and uh you know i want to say again thank you for everyone who puts their name on the ballot it is not an easy decision to make and it does take a lot of time energy and to go out and run and to put your name out there in front of people and to have them ask you questions and to have your it's it's very difficult sometimes and it does take time away from your family so i appreciate all that you're doing yep thank you no and sure i appreciate the opportunity to be with you today even being a platform uh, to get some more information out there thank you very much thank you you have a great day thank you you as well Hope to see you on the doors. <laughs> Will do. All right. Thank you. Well, that's today's show, Sherlyn Shirley, and thank you for listening. Please uh, listen and share. We'd like to get the information out as soon as possible and get as many people informed as we can. So thank you so much. <laughs>